you're listening to the Life by Amarachi podcast, where I and my guests share our life experiences and inform you from an analytical and mental health perspective. You can support the podcast by subscribing on a monthly basis for as low as 99 cents per month to as high as $9.99 per month. Donations are also welcome through the support links on Linktree and Cash App. If you cannot financially support, share the podcast with your community to grow the podcast listenership. Don't forget to leave a comment or review and a voice message that can be highlighted on an episode. All subscriptions, donations, voice messages, and episode links will be in the show notes. Hello, hello. How's it going? How are you really? Naturally, I would ask, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And how's your energy? But I want all of us to really sit on how is our energy? Like, I want us to sit on that question. The reason why I ask this three-part question is because to me, how are you doing is asking, what are you doing or what's happening around you that could affect you in the moment? How are you feeling means you go internally, you're no longer in the external and you're checking in with your emotions. Based on how you're doing, how then are you feeling? Are they interconnected or are they in two different spaces? Now, how is your energy? That means based on how you're doing and based on how you're feeling, how is your energy? And your energy to me is more of a thing that you have responsibility of. You may not have responsibility where you're standing or where you are in the present. You may not have a lot of responsibility there. And your feelings at times can be out of your control. But then your energy is really where you are capable of taking control. That's your energy. That's the reason why I asked that three-part question. Because I feel as though it allows us to really sit and process and compartmentalize how we are. Also, if someone just asks you, how are you doing? It's become a very bypassing question just to be polite. And most of the time, people are not really in the space to even really hear exactly how you're doing. So it's just something that we do naturally just to make conversation and to uphold manners and not seem as though we're rude or, you know, it, it becomes it becomes a performance. So when I do sit with people, and mostly when I sit with myself, I've grown to ask myself, how am I doing? How am I feeling? And how's my energy? So that I'm capable of knowing how to move, whether I'm not in a good space in one or two parts or all three of those parts of those questions. If I'm not in a good space, then I'm capable of saying, you know what, I need a break. I might need a drink of water. I might need to go take a walk or a nap or start that project or call a friend or call a family member. I'm able to really sit and process and think and be within myself for a moment without the rush of being an autopilot. So I'd advise, take it or leave it, but I would advise a lot of us to routinely check in by asking ourselves, how are we doing? How are we feeling? And how is our energy? 
So I don't really have an episode like scripted or anything right now, but I thought I should just come on and just chat and just to keep this podcast going. The most I could do is really just chat about the things that I've been thinking about, the things that I've been processing, and just a general scope of where I am in life right now. So a lot of things have been coming up for me as far as mental health and growth goes and just life in general goes and a lot of things that I'm learning and unlearning and developing and noticing and also tackling. But with all this coming up, I am seeing a big difference in my own personal mental health as far as me really learning how to show myself self-compassion. It was difficult in the beginning when I started therapy and everything. And because it was difficult, I needed to see my therapist like weekly. I mean, if I could see her twice a week at that point in my life, I would absolutely see her twice a week. But I saw her weekly on a regular basis, especially through the pandemic as well. And then it kind of spread out. It would be here or there where I wouldn't see her for two or three months because of financial reasons. And also because I was just really heavily processing things that I didn't have the urge or need or ability to even speak about like verbalize you know I have these moments where the body just wants to digest so the mouth cannot ingest or even project you know I would tell my therapist sometimes just to let her know the reasons why I haven't seen her it would be mainly because I just couldn't talk I was literally shut down, where even if I tried to talk, nothing made sense. Words couldn't really come out clearly. And if words did come out, I was stammering like crazy. So I just took that as my body telling me, you're not really ready to relay any messages right now. So just keep it mute, (laughs) you know, just keep it mute, keep it cute until your body lets you know, and your body will let you know when it's ready to talk. But you're downloading right now and that's okay. So in those moments, I would be really quiet, even around my family or my friends. I would just be really, really quiet. I wouldn't be as available for even hanging out with people either because it's like, we're going to hang out and what? I'm just not going to talk which is really rare for me because I am a talkative person. (laughs) So when I'm not talking, it's kind of like it takes a lot of people by surprise. But as I understand myself more, I'm learning to let people know that when I'm not active, it's nothing to do with them and a lot to do with just me downloading and processing a lot of things. And the way I need to process is just by myself. When I'm in a low space, because I'm a hypersensitive empath, meaning I'm very sensitive to energy and sound. Also, I'm an empath, meaning I wear those energies and the sounds affect me tremendously. So I try to let people know that in those moments, I really just need to be by myself just so I'm capable of totally hearing myself hearing my own voice and having that voice be no one else's. I need to be just within my energy so that I'm capable of knowing and learning my energy even when I'm in the room with other people. 
So when I'm incapable of deciphering whose energy I'm feeling or whose thoughts are in my head, that's when I need to be by myself. That's when I know I'm overwhelmed. I've reached my capacity. Call it my moment of introversion. Now that I'm older, I need a lot more introverted moments than I do extroverted moments. I think on this podcast, I've mentioned several times that 2018 was kind of when life changed for me and I had to make really difficult and different decisions, which really changed my life. And it brought me to where I am right now. And that was to lessen my socialization and to lessen the kind of energies I allowed into my life, but more so be discerning about the kind of energies I allowed into my life. I officially started my healing journey in 2018. And I've been on that journey ever since. And I'm thankful, I'm always thankful and grateful that I decided to do that for myself. I feel like 2018 was the moment where I saved my life. If I kept going the way I was going, I'm afraid to say, I'm not that afraid to say it, but if I kept going the way I was going, I probably wouldn't be here today. So I'm grateful for whatever surge that is within me that allows me to continuously choose myself first. To some people, thinking about myself first will show up to them as me being selfish and uncaring, which is not accurate. I'm too much of an empath, and worst of all, I'm too much of a hypersensitive to not care about other people. I feel other people's energy tremendously to not give a fuck about it. So in moments where I do things for myself and I only think of myself, they are only moments. It's not my default state. It's never really been my default state anyway. I still see my therapist, but I see her infrequently. I haven't really seen her in maybe two months now. I think the last time I saw my therapist was in June, either the ending of June or the beginning of July, one of those. But even then, I was seeing her infrequently. I was seeing her maybe every two weeks or once a month. And I'm grateful for that because my voice is pretty strong. I still stammer, obviously, but that's just a speech impediment thing. But for the most part, I'm stammering less, meaning my thoughts are concise and aligned with my voice. And there's a confidence behind it as well. And I'm grateful that I've gotten my voice back. I feel like I have the voice that I've always wanted since I was young, since I was experiencing trauma. There's a different sense of confidence that I have within myself that isn't really supplied or affected by anyone else but me. And I know the difference because I recognize the moments where my confidence came from other people. Like if a teacher complimented my work, I wore their compliments as my confidence. If my parents showed me a moment of kindness, I wore that moment as my confidence. If a friend always wanted to be around me, I wear that as confidence. But when you are in solitude, you're only by yourself, which allows you to find a different source of confidence that is not supplied or applied or affected 
by other people. Of course, you generally will have the influence of other people, but when you're in solitude, you get to analyze that influence and see whether or not it even matches with who you naturally are. Is very interesting. It's a very internal experience that's really hard to describe externally. It's, it's not a tangible thing. It's a, it's a feeling and an energy thing. So it's very hard to describe. But once you know, you know. And the only way you could know is if you have spent time in solitude. And let me be clear, there's a difference between solitude and withdrawal. If you're withdrawing from something, you're not in solitude. You're not in solitude at all. It's not even in the word. Withdrawing from something is running away from it. You're not actively sitting with it. You're finding ways away from it. Solitude means you're recognizing what the conflict is in your life and you're choosing to sit in it by yourself so that you're capable of processing it by yourself. And even if you did it by yourself and you still feel as though you need support, you're consciously asking for that support. You're not doing it out of desperation. You're not doing it out of lack or scarcity. You're doing it from a knowledgeable and understanding space, knowing that this little part I can do by myself. So in order to overcome, I need help navigating this little section of it. But the only way that you could even recognize you have an issue with that little section of your conflict is by sitting down alone and analyzing it, processing through it. And I'd say solitude lasted for about two years. It was 2019 where I started to feel a little bit comfortable, but then thank God, I mean, not for those who lost their lives, obviously, but thank God for the pause that we had that the world had in 2020 because that also allowed me to really to continue to do the work and then 2021 came 2021 i feel was when i got to really exercise the new ways of being and the new things that i was learning i got to exercise it a lot more in 2021 2022 came where it felt natural but a little bit still uncomfortable but i also felt confident in it because in 2021 i didn't i exercised it but i didn't feel confident in the way that i was moving i really didn't i was still skeptical i was still critical about it i was also feeling a sense of guilt about it as well because i was choosing to behave differently that sense of guilt was immense in 2021 but then 2022 came and I found a different sense of confidence with how I was moving. Now in 2023, especially when we're like almost to the end of 2023, I just feel, uh, oh, I feel cozy. <laughs> like that Beyonce song. I feel cozy and I think it will only blossom from today. Granted, I haven't seen my therapist in like two months and I kind of miss her. <laughs> gonna miss her so i may need to go check her out but obviously therapy for me is a necessity and it's a priority so i have to figure out how to prioritize that amongst my other priorities basically but yeah like 
I've been feeling really good. I've been feeling really, really good. Of course, yeah, I have the natural down moments, but they're not in the pits like it used to be. I'm more conscious of my down moments and and because I sit with myself and I process and I ask myself those three questions, to me it just it just feels better. Even being within that down moment and and allowing myself to really slowly take my time to process through it and actively speak from the space that I'm in without shame, even if it makes me sound really fragile and weak. That's just me being in a very vulnerable state. So I'm not even going to judge myself when I am in a very vulnerable, fragile state. When I feel like I don't have it together, when I feel like I'm out of control, I'm not going to judge myself in those spaces. I'm just going to speak to that space. I'm going to say things like, I'm really not close to spiraling or I'm spiraling and I don't have things together and I'm doubting if I'm ever going to have it together. And it makes me sad that I don't have it together. It makes me sad that I have to do more than I need to or want to do in order to feel like I have it together. Like I'm just going to speak from that space. Because I feel like a lot of times we are so ashamed of not having it together that we get mad and then we show our frustration instead of just showing our vulnerability. When we're overwhelmed, when we're doing things that we have to do and they're not naturally things we would like to be doing or want to do, but we know we have to do it in order to move to the next step in our lives or in order to grant us that freedom that we're in search of or that freedom that we want. Instead of just speaking to the vulnerability and saying, it makes me really sad that I have to do all of this shit just to get where I want to get in life. It makes me feel sad that I'm, I'm responsible for all of this stuff and not knowing whether or not it's going to work out. But yet I have to do it because who else is going to do it? It's a positive thing for us to speak from our vulnerabilities. So when we're in anguish, it's best for us to speak from a vulnerable state than to speak from a space of anger and frustration. We could say that we're angry and frustrated, but to illustrate anger and frustration might just do us a disservice. So it's better to speak from the vulnerable space by saying, I'm sad and it makes me angry that I have to do this and I have to be here. I would love to be somewhere different, but I know in order to get to somewhere different, I have to be here and I have to do this. And then just allow ourselves to feel those vulnerable feelings without trying to suppress those vulnerable feelings so that we're capable of moving forward without the weight and heaviness of the anger and the frustration. Because anger and frustration, although they are natural emotions, they are also emotions that exhaust us. They are exhausting and heavy emotions. 
emotions when they say low vibrational space that's what we're feeling we're feeling all of that energy that naturally drowns us and we don't need to drown in order to be resurrected we could float so when we speak our vulnerabilities, when we speak those soft emotions, we are allowing ourselves to float. But anyway, guys, I don't know if anything came out of that message, but I hope it did. I mean, it helped me to talk. It helped me to share it. So I hope it helped you in some kind of way. But that's it for this episode, and I will check you guys later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and sharing space with me today. I hope this episode served you in your journey. And remember to take care of yourself and your mental health because you all deserve it.